Hello and welcome everybody. It is episode 17 of Beer 30. But more importantly, it's episode 3 of October Beer 30. <laughs> Alright, sorry. Keep going. More and more importantly, <laughs> it's my episode. Your host, Luke McDermott. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Drew Grill. <laughs> Alright, let's now do he's this. He's got his laugh out today. Actually, about... hold on. If we, I want to get something out before we get started, I'm going to get my what the fuck out. And that's like, hopefully the last time you'll hear me say it. it. Probably not, though. Yeah. So basically, I want to give a disclaimer before we start, because this episode is about to get real dark, real gruesome, and real gory. I'm not pulling any punches here. I'm telling the story of the Vampire of Dusseldorf, otherwise known as Peter Kurt. Now, Peter Curtin was born in Germany in 1883, so this was before Dude. World War One. Do you want to crack him? Or you just... Oh. <laughs> yeah, let's just crack it to this, because there's <laughs> nothing else happening. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. October 30. No punches pulled. Spooky season. Spooky season. This is actually going to be more horrifying than spooky. But... Well, I mean... Yeah. <laughs> Peter Curtin. The Vampire of Dusseldorf was Germany's, probably their most, their worst serial killer. As far as body count or gruesomeness? Gruesomeness. The most horrific. Let's go with that. How does he compare to Jack the Ripper? I think we'll get into that. Okay. Okay, let's start with, he was really well put together. He's a perfectly normal looking guy. He's a mechanic, had a wife and kids, but for him, it's all about the control. Isn't it so weird how all these serial killers are always like described as like good looking, like at least for the people who are their victims normally, like they were described as good looking. Like Jeffrey Dahmer wasn't a good looking dude, but in like the gay community. I mean, this guy is Hitler, fat Hitler. Yeah. Oh, straight up. Yeah. He is fat Hitler. Same with HH last week. Like. Not a very good-looking dude, but they're just described as these handsome men. Sorry to interrupt. Keep going. So, it's all about control for him. And I want to mention my source here. It's the last podcast on the left. They talk about Peter Curtin in episode 339 and 340. He His victims were people that he knew. He would only choose the victims if he knew he wouldn't get caught or if he knew he could easily overpower them. Okay. I, disclaimer as well. I, I don't know anything. About the, I've heard the name, but like I don't know anything, so I'm gonna be asking questions like like last week. It's just flip flop. What does he mean? He doesn't get caught or like so women? Well, yes and no. It's like he he was a spur of the moment kind of guy, but it was only I guess it was all about the thrill for him. So like he would sometimes just do like quick assaults, right? Not kill somebody, but just like really quick. Just, like, hit him over the head with a hammer or some shit, and then run away. Kind of weird, right? But it's all about, for him, it wasn't about the murder. It was about the fear and chaos. <laughs> what time frame is this also, can I ask? This is 1883. Oh, we're even before age. Yeah, we're, like, way early. Like this. Well, that's when, yeah. Okay, same time. So, this man, so he, blah, 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 blah. He was a criminal with... Assault, theft, arson, and rape, all on his record. And to his victims, he would be known to say, um, I am the devil. I do this all the time. And I would do it a hundred more times. Oh, Oh. what the fuck? (laughs) He would go on to say, you are just one. Oh, my God. Yep. There's no even like, oh, wow. And 
all of this, just all of his killing and everything, just had a huge sexual component to him. It just made him goes without saying. Like all these dudes, huge boners when they're doing this, no matter what they're doing. Big so, old boners. Oh yeah, it's insane. And we'll get into like why he has these boners. So I see a size decently accurate with all the cum <laughs> that they have, and that just because these dudes are just coming all the criminals just come everywhere. <laughs> You're not wrong. We're going to get into this, and it's going to be horrific. But all this is known because Peter Curtin uh, confessed to everything, basically. He didn't get... Okay, so he didn't really get caught. What happened was he knew he was... The police were close to catching him, so he admitted everything to his wife. And then his wife turned him in. But he knew he was going to get arrested, and I'll—I guess I can—I'll just. This is the very end of the story, basically. He knew he was going to get arrested, so he dressed up in a suit, he shaved, and he took a shower, which is like not a big thing in 1883. And when the cops woke up, walked up onto him, he just there with a smile and a wink. He says, "There's no need to be afraid." Oh. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, so he confessed everything because I was giving you a look a little bit earlier thinking that is is this man believed by at least some to be Jack the Ripper? No, I don't okay. think so. Because I, I didn't know he admitted to everything because I gave you a look a second ago like, wait, was this guy like bait? Because Jack the Ripper never got caught. Yeah. So like I was thinking that maybe some people thought he was. No, so at one point they thought this dude was four different people because his killing, the way he killed was so sporadic and wild. He would use like hammers, knives, like just like whatever he felt like using, he would have phases that he would go through. He's like, well, I'm going to do a bunch of hammer assaults or kills and then I'm going to get my scissors out. And then, and you'll understand why he chose like small, sharp objects in a little bit. He's got like it's like music taste for him what he's gonna murder with like, yeah. today i'm feeling murdering somebody with a machete yeah honestly <laughs> so he had a near photographic memory so that's why he was able to confess everything and then he would like give almost perfect details to some of his assaults and kills and some of the people that he assaulted like didn't come forward they were only later after he confessed to it the police went and like yo did this happen at this night and they're like yeah that did and it's like almost perfect details, right? So, Sean McVeigh of murderers. So I'm going to jump in to his childhood. Born in Germany, 1883. The oldest of 13. What a great time. His parents were alcoholics. He grew up in extreme poverty. In so Germany in 1883? With 13 kids. They were, they were poor? And they were alcoholics? Pretty crazy, huh? <laughs> That's what a rare, what a rare bring up this kid had. Yeah, I feel like you're going to be saying that a lot here. <laughs> Ruthlessly beaten by his father, forced to watch his father rape his mother and sister, and then sometimes would be also sexually assaulted by his father. Little known fact later, his father was actually arrested for incest because his sisters came forward. Wow. So obviously, for the time, that seems. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm kind of talking on my ass here, but that seems rare. I think it is pretty yeah. rare. Yeah. 
So obviously that creates a pretty antisocial person that doesn't really want to communicate. So obviously he didn't talk a lot. Someone that doesn't trust people. So his first alleged murder, technically a double murder, was at nine years old. He went boating with three dudes. At one point, he just felt the urge to shove one of them off. The other one jumped in to save him. When it when he figured out he couldn't save him, he went back to get into the boat, and Peter held his head underwater and drowned him. At the end of the river, Peter comes crying, and he starts talking to the cops, and he's crying. And basically, he says... This is when he realized he could get away with almost anything as long as he showed the emotions people wanted to see. That is that's a that's a the definition of a psychopath. Yep. Someone who just mocks they like psychopaths just mocks human behavior. That's all they do. Yep. That's literally all they do. But what what was the third guy? The third guy wasn't like, hey, this fucking psychopath. No, was, no, he was the third guy. Oh, okay. Sorry. But like they just couldn't swim at the time. Like he jumped. I'm guessing in. the river was pretty. Oh, it's a river. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So after this, still nine years old, Peter Peter becomes friends with the neighborhood dog catcher. And in back in 1883, they didn't just put bring him and take him to an animal rescue league. No, they killed him, butchered him, and sold their meat. Which Peter does up to selling their meat. Yeah. So this fellow would catch the dogs. Sometimes kill them, fuck them every time, all while laughing maniacally. I mean, this is the dog catcher that Peter watched just do this at nine years old. Do you remember what you were doing at nine? Probably trying to figure out long division. (laughs) Well, I mean, my my thing was going to be like, if you're going to fuck a dog, you're going to do it maniacally and laughing. There's really... It'd been weird if he was crying, honestly. It'd been it. Yeah, you're probably. (laughs) (laughs) So not only did this dude fuck a dog and make Peter watch, but he showed Peter how to make a dog ejaculate. So this is the first place that Peter connected violence and sex. So when he was 13, he broke into a sheep pen and tried to fuck a sheep. (laughs) Yeah, basically. (laughs) Like, he had rampant bestiality from 9 till 13. Yeah, it's pretty gross. Uh, So, and the sheep wouldn't sit still, so he stabbed it, and immediately he ejaculated. I, you're staring at me like there's something to say to that. that I, I didn't know what jerking off was until I was like 13, 14. This kid's fucking animals from 9 to 13? And then stabbing them? All right, ready for this? No. 14, broke a squirrel's neck. Later that year, saw a horse bleed to death. Oh, that's the 1800s. Just wait. Okay. 1930, cut off a swan's head and drank the blood. All of those occasions, he came. (laughs) The sight and sound of gushing blood is what got him off. Like documented 
he came. Like that. This is he, what he, yeah, this is yeah, his re- yeah, yeah. like everything. I'm basically saying is his recollection of it, and he has near perfect photographic memory. See most. See most serial killers have you know. <laughs> have this like sense of storyteller about them when they go to these things and they don't bring up the fact that they came in their fucking pants when they were doing all the- we all inf- infer it like H.H. H. Holmes is cranking down watching those people die from gas we I mean this dude okay, this dude was just straight this? up like I'm just coming my pants left and right here. ready for this he said coming while flaccid was his favorite oh oh no <laughs> Okay. What the? A quote from him later, after talking about cutting off the swan's head. So he, um, so Doctor Carl Berg is the person that is recording all this stuff from him. A quote: "You can imagine that, Professor, and you must try it for yourself sometime, as the blood rushes absolutely silently when you cut off the head of a goose." So he's not even. There's no sound. He literally just said, "There's no sound." Just gushing blood makes him just come soft. Basically, that is an experience that I'm gonna say 95 percent of men have not even had. I don't even. I didn't know it was possible until I heard about. It. Like I just like you gotta be hard to come. Right? I knew that was possible from Jackass two or three because they make a joke about that. Oh. But well, I guess I guess I trusted Jackass <laughs> for some odd reason. That might be. That explains <laughs> but, a lot, actually. But like. He just said it's silent, but the sound of it makes him come his pants. This guy. Well, I mean, it was the sound like the the cutting the head off a goose is silent. I mean, when it, you have a bigger creature, it probably is louder. Well, I'm just I'm just thinking maybe this guy mentally isn't all there after. <laughs> this is that's where that's, that's where yeah that's, okay that's where I'm kind of thinking, but that's maybe an interesting he's... thought. We should keep going and see if you keep that thought because okay. I think you might change it. Okay. Maybe. Probably not. So, at 16, he ran away from home, and he stole money from his work, which was kind of slight to his dad, because his dad got him the job. So, he's like, fuck you, dad. So, he went and stole, like, 300 bucks, which is, like, a lot of money back then. 300 bucks, that's like... It's like... Oh, I used to know my math for that better. Sorry. Anyways, during this investigation is when they found out about the dad and the incest and stuff like that. So, Peter got... F- Caught four days after that theft, and he spent uh, uh, from nineteen hundred to nineteen o four. He was in and out of prison for theft, just a bunch of that shit. It's like petty theft. Yeah, and then in nineteen o four, he committed a string of barn arsons, which got him eight years. He just burned out a bunch of bars, barns, not bars. He loves bars. We'll get to that later, too, because what he loves to do after his kill is go across the street the next day to a bar and watch the police find his body and just watch the chaos ensue and come. (laughs) And come. (laughs) He never did this at Wilson's, folks. So for some reason, he says prison made him who he was, but I think a lot of different things made him who he was, and prison probably wasn't. I think the sexual assault, probably. Yeah, he said authority figures basically caused him to be so dedicated to seeking revenge. He's like, they're the reason I want to kill people is because authority figures. But, like, yeah, brother. 
<laughs> so when he was recollecting all of his stuff, he's like willing to talk about everything with joy. Like he's like happy to talk about all of his murders and stuff like that. But when it came to prison, he got like angry and would not talk about it. So he dropped the soap. Yeah. Well, they didn't have soap, but <clears throat> he spent his alone time thinking about how to murder the entire world one by one. And he said if he had the means, he would have caused catastrophes. Okay, see, I'm I'm looking at a picture of this man in front of me right now. We're not talking about Adolf Hitler. But he had the same goals. But for, like... Well, actually, arguably, this is going to sound bad, Adolf was probably a better person than Peter Curtin. Peter Curtin wanted to murder everybody. No matter what. No Adolf matter. just wanted to murder, like, a chunk of people. Like, not both terrible people, but... Peter's like, I want to murder everybody one by one. Adolf was That seems pig. fucked up, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. Like. Alright, keep going. <laughs> I'm in it for the long haul here. So his first confirmed murder was May twenty fifth, nineteen thirteen. It was at an inn. He moved room to room. So like he went to an inn, he stayed the night, and then he like snuck around room to room. Spotted a 10-year-old girl sleeping. He walked in, strangled her to death, sawed her throat open with his pocket knife, came on her, and left. That was this man's thing. He just wanted to degrade bodies. He, He chose his victims that would, like, his victims were chosen because they would be the ones that were most missed. They would be the ones that would cause the most oh, that's sorrow. Fuck, that's like not the most old people, fuck shit I've ever. Children. Like, I'm gonna keep referring to H. H. Holmes because that was our last episode. That dude picked those people because he was like, "This is Chicago. These young women just come to the city and they can just disappear, and no one's gonna like. They're gonna have letters home that there's gonna be people missing them, but they're not here and they have no idea what happened." Exactly. This dude's just like, yeah, every, like, fuck. Dude, his wasn't, like I said, it's not about the kill. It's about the fear and the chaos that ensued after the kill. So this is is actually speculation. Like, the reason it's, they, the reason most people believe that he killed those two boys when he was younger because it's, like, a pretty crazy jump from theft and arson to full-on sex murder. Yeah. So people are like, yeah, he's probably killed before. But, like, just jumping to murder in any fucking situation is pretty crazy jump, no matter what. So, like, so fuck you, psychologist. Yeah. <laughs> so, beforehand, he actually had admitted to attempting to kill beforehand, but never was successful. The day after he murdered her, like I was saying, he went and had a beer at a cafe across the street so he could bask in the misery. Jesus Christ. Here's the thing, right? This guy was really like well put together, really like controlled, but he accidentally left a handkerchief in this girl's room. This girl's father has the same initials as Peter Curtin. What? This girl's father and his brother, the night before this happened, were in a public argument at the bar about money. And his brother said, I'm going to do something that you remember for the rest of your life. So it was pinned on Brother. the dead girl's 
father's brother. Oh, so her uncle. Yeah, her uncle. And later he got acquitted, but it like it was it basically tore that whole family apart. And he just got lucky that the father had the same initials. Like and he came in his pants when he heard that. Yeah. No, when like he, he no, he came he... across like when he was watching it across the street, he came. Like he come like every time he goes back to the scene of crime, hears about his killings. He's hard, he's coming. Like this dude, it's all about sex. Dude, that's not even like at a certain point that just can't be enjoyable. I'm sorry to like steer the conversation to coming, but like you just coming all the time? After this, Peter began his first phase. He had many phases with different te- killing techniques, like I was talking about the hammer, the pocket knife, la 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 la. Um, which is like what made him more difficult to catch because he didn't have like an ML. Like this is what made him so hard to catch. And at one point, they thought it was four different people that they were looking for because it was so he was killed just in so many crazy ways. So his first weapon that he experimented with was a hatchet. And he, like, stalked this girl down a month after killing that little girl, a 20-year-old girl. He, like, stalks her, follows her, and right before she walks into where she's going, he, like, smacks her on the back of the head with the blunt side of the hatchet, killing her. She just crumples to the ground. Damn. It's a hard swing. Actually, I'm not, I'm not positive he killed her there, but I'm but pretty like- positive it was. She at least bled out from there. There was yeah. no other blunt force trauma yep. or like cuts. Yeah, and then he yeah. ran away. So she died from that. Another month, a month after that, he was in a park and he took the sharp side and just shoved it into a dude's skull. And then this time he didn't run away though. He hid and watched the blood gush. Okay. Yep. <laughs> That's what Hatchet's one of my favorite book series. So. I'm with this guy. <laughs> so later he goes into some sort of like housing unit with everything or like a yeah, like boarding house I guess. I'm not like really a, sure, but it was like it was like a like an apartment but it's a big house. Yeah, an extended okay. stay yeah. place. And he went to kill a teenage girl while she was sleeping, but her dad like jumped out of the bed next to her. Where is this all taking place by the way? I don't think I asked that. Dusseldorf, Germany. Oh. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Duh. Um, this wasn't like super I didn't really understand the story, but basically like they were sleeping in beds next to each other. The dad woke up. Peter got so scared that he just dropped the ha- hatchet and ran away. And this was one of the stories that So he told he confessed to this story, but the dad never came forward. So this is one of the times where the police came back to the dad and was like, Did this happen? And he's like, Yeah, actually that did, and they found the hatchet. You're just like, yeah, cool. See you later, bro. Like, thanks for not murdering my daughter when I wake up. You kind of, that kind of happens a couple times. And it's like, we're just people like grateful that they didn't get murdered. And they're just like, well, we're not going to stop that guy. We're just like happy we didn't die. That's sick. Dude, like. You'll see the 1800s are a fucking wild time. Well, everybody's just like, I'm just going to fucking deal with (laughs) myself. So, 1914, he got conscripted but deserted before any fighting at all. So, he got caught, and the entirety of World War One, he plus three more years, he spent in military prison. And it's like, well, why didn't you like? Wouldn't you have loved to go kill people? 
just but also at the same time it was like that wasn't his mo because people that die in war won't be like was, they're not they died in war yeah it's it happens yeah so it's just like they're not going to be missed yeah. as much as like it's a 10 year old girl that just got murdered exactly not a 10 year old girl in a hotel room yeah 1921, he was released and moved in with his sister. His sister didn't know about his stint in prison. Just kind of didn't really tell her about anything. He's back in Dusseldorf, though. Or not yet. Not yet. This is where he finds his future wife, um, who... He gets married? Yep. It's great. Finds his future wife, who murdered a gardener that was her ex-fiance after eight years of being together he like broke it off and she just murdered him so she was in jail she got out he was in jail he got out they didn't know about him being in jail and then they got together so it's like it's great did she make it out of this alive yeah not like obviously she was like treated horribly and terribly but in 1925 our man's makes his way back to Dusseldorf don't call him our man. <laughs> Please don't call him our man's. <laughs> in 1925, Peter Curtin makes his way back to Dusseldorf to begin his reign of terror. PC culture. This is where PC culture started. This is it. Peter Curtin culture. With PK. Oh, damn it. <laughs> so close. Between 1925 and 1928, he raped and strangled four women and had 32 cases of arson. By his account. Does he get any money out of this arson? Was he pulling a scheme? Of no, some he would, he just no like, like I said, it's all about the fear and chaos. Does he guy. come to fire, too? I think so. I'm not really positive. <laughs> Let's just no, say no, he comes to fire. He comes about the chaos, I think. Like, everybody freaking out is, like, what he gets, like, like <sighs> yeah, I made a note. It wasn't about the fires. It was about the chaos. Peter Curtin, I'm coming. <laughs> In one night alone, he set 10 fires in 10 different locations. February 3rd, 1929. After work, he decided to kill again. He's like, it's my time. I'm prepped. I'm ready. Not really prepped at all. He's like, you know what? I'm ready to kill. I'm going to do it. It's like, you know, when you get this, like, I'm going to have, like, Chinese tonight. That's what his urge was. I'm, I'm going to go kill tonight. Be a little positive, right? Let's <laughs> Found a young woman named Maria Kum. He waited for her to walk by, yanked her into a bush, pulled out a little pair of scissors, and stabbed her 24 times, and then ran away. Coming as he's She away. survived. Oh. Yep. Pretty insane. Okay. February 9th, six days later, finds a little girl named Rosa Olinger, eight years old. Choked her unconscious, stabbed her 13 times, once in the left temple, oh. and he drank the blood from her temple. Coming. And then he went to the movies. <sighs> I don't mean to laugh, but that's just like, the insanity is crazy to me. So like, I, I laugh. It, it's funny. Yeah. It's funny how insane that is. After the movie, he came back to the body with a, with a bottle of... Uh, Petroleum to like light it on fire, and he's ready to burn this bitch down. But it was uh, there's like approaching dusk and too many people around, so he's like, "Well, I'm not gonna do that." So he came back the next morning, lit the body on fire, and then went across the street to have a beer and watch. That's the chaos. not even like a 
Well, basically what happens is once the fire happens, fire department gets called, police get called, and you're like, oh my god, it's a little girl's body on fire. And then... Okay. See, I, okay, yeah, here's I, the I keep forgetting the chaos thing, because like, my, my first thought there is he's trying to get rid of the body, and like, lighting a body on fire just doesn't work, that you don't get rid of a body that way. It's, he doesn't care about that. Yeah. yeah, no, sorry. In this occasion, goes up to the police. What's going on here, huh? What's going on, fellas? What's what's this, what's the hip-hop situation going on he over basically here? basically wanted to understand how much they would know. And when he heard them talking about what he did, he would just be hard. Like, visibly erect. My my next sentence was like, hey, boys, what's going on here? I'm coming in my pants, but like, <laughs> tell me what you know. Tell me what the deal is, huh? <laughs> So for this kill, he was talking to a rookie that was like a schlub, and he's the whole time he was talking to him, he said he was fantasizing about killing him. I think that's kind of funny. <laughs> three days later, so this is this is three kills in a span of nine days. Peter went to Dusseldorf. Wait, no, no, the first one wasn't a kill. Can you imagine? First one wasn't a kill. He didn't kill. It's three assaults at least, and then a kill. Hold on, let me tell this one. Nope, go ahead. Can you be ima- Can you imagine being hard for nine days? Yeah. No. I that sounds it's awful. Happened. <laughs> we don't want to talk about it. Today's <laughs> day eleven, actually, February twelfth. <laughs> Peter went to Dusseldorf suburb of Flingernord. <laughs> you can't do that to me while I'm drinking. Uh, no, I had I to was say it. Cute. <clears throat> so. After he went to a bar, and from that bar, he followed a local mechanic and approached him at the side of the road. Stabbed him 20 times, once in the temple again. Waited around till morning just to watch the chaos ensue. This dude liked to watch people find his bodies. He's come. Yeah. Then he took the dumber off to recharge his murder batteries. So, what happened in the summer is this guy. Johann Stausberg sounds to me like he's differently abled physically and mentally. So, di- physically yeah, disfigured. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, the cops, basically what happens is this guy tried to strangle two women with a noose. And then he confesses to the murders of Rosa Olinger and all basically all the murders that Joseph, or that Peter Curtin did. Um, and... He, it was weird because the cops were like, well, he got some details like really wrong, but then he got some details like miraculously right. And then a crazy circumstance. Apparently, this dude talked to his mom about, and he confessed about Rosa, that eight-year-old uh, girl's murder. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, he confessed to his mom months before he ever got caught. So, like, he, this dude... Like, told his mom that he killed that eight-year-old girl and, like, stabbed her in the but head. But he's just talking. Yes. Like, this, like he, this is he's just, just talking. Like, yeah. Peter Curtin got pissed that this dude took credit for his kills. Killed him. Nope. Oh. This dude got sent to a, a, uh, an insane asylum. Because he he did k- try to murder two women with a noose. In what? This is the 1930s? This is 1915-ish. 1910. So being sent to an insane asylum, insane asylum is basically just a death sentence. 
I'd argue it's probably worse. Yeah, like a horrible existence for your last days. Yeah. Until your body just gives up and dies. So, wait, no, wait, this was 19... Yeah, this was 1929. Sorry, not 19. Okay, so, yeah. yeah but still, same thing. Yeah. August 14th. Doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, they were still called insane asylums. <laughs> not mental health. <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> they just viewed these people as not people. August 14th, 1929. Curtin decided he wanted to start toying with his victims this time. At the Dusseldorf Zoo, met a girl named Maria Hahn, set up a date with her. After their date, he took her to a deserted meadow, choked her until she passed out. When she came to, he did it again. When she came to the second time, he stabbed her in the throat and began drinking her blood until he vomited. It came everywhere, like six times. At this point, she was still alive, was begging for her life, and he stabbed her multiple times in the body, including multiple times in the head. And he said the whole thing took about an hour. After that, he rolled the body into a ditch and covered it with leaves and went home. Next morning, his wife <clears throat> saw his blood stains. And they had an argument about it. At that point, he's like, I should probably go actually hide that body. Because if it ever gets, like, found, my wife's going to put two and two together. So, after work, he dug her a deep grave and put her in it. <clears throat> a couple weeks later, he I went feel back like, to hold that. On. I feel like for a serial killer, he's like, a deep grave is like a normal grave. Because he's never done work in his fucking entire life. He's a mechanic. Outside of murder. He's a mechanic. In the early 1900s? Oh, okay. True. So he probably has put in a hard day of work for Yeah, but this isn't... Yeah. He doesn't care. Is it, yeah. I'm, just I'm thinking six it, feet I've, is probably what he dug. But deep, back in their time, was like two... Six foot graves have been a thing for a long time. Really? Mm-hmm. So it has it's to be like deeper than it, that. It, that story's back to a long like paranormal. Uh, wasn't there uh wasn't there a time period where they're like, yeah, we're just gonna go with like the two foot graves and just kind of like, oh, yeah, no, that was that was stacking bodies. Yeah. Anyways, <clears throat> that's yeah, that's the forties in Hitler. Nice. <laughs> Wait, no, no, not nice. Not nice. <laughs> <clears throat> we know what we mean. After work, he went and dug her the deep grave. A couple weeks later, a couple weeks later, he went back to her grave and dug up her body, tried to nail it to a tree in a mock crucifixion. But it was too heavy, so he couldn't do it. So basically, he buried her again. And then in November of 1929, he sent letters detailing the exact location of her body. They found it. Yep. In the same week that he killed her, though, not the not the same week he sent the letters, he killed a new woman named Gertrude, who was 26 years old. Basically, what's happening is he's catcalling her all the way up until he says, let's go bang. Her fateful, <clears throat> her fateful words, I'd rather die. Oh, well. He shouts out. Then you shall die. Then you shall die. 
and then he stabs her in the back with so much force that he broke his blade. This was what was his weapon of choice at this point? I think this was just a knife. His pocket knife? I don't think it was his pocket knife. I think it was just like a generic knife. <laughs> That's not a knife. That's not a knife. This is a knife. She survived. He's not did very good you, at killing. Did, uh, you're leaving trails here, man. Like he said, he didn't even care. It was all uh, about the fear, the chaos, uh, and the chase. God, that's how you know a real psychopath. On August 21st, he stabbed three people in one night. They all lived, didn't they? Yep. He just doesn't know what he's doing. No, he doesn't care. No, I think he knows what he's doing. He just doesn't care. It's like, I'm like, what's more frightening? Somebody running up and getting stabbed to death or somebody running up on you, stabbing you in the back once and then sprinting away. I mean, I get, I see your point, but all at the same time, it's like, dude, if you're going to stab someone and kill them. If you but like, be, also at the same time, it's like, yeah, I get, get it. He just doesn't, he just doesn't give a you fuck. People to tell your story. Yeah. And then yeah. Everybody's afraid of being stabbed in the middle of the night. Even if it doesn't kill you. So, the, the, like, the police were nowhere near catching him. I mean, even the, in the 60s with the Zodiac Killer, there were survivors of the Zodiac Killer. They had no leads off of it. And so, like, in the early 1900s, this man didn't give a fuck. Yeah, it does not matter. So, two days later, <clears throat> he was at a fair. And he found two little girls, 14 years old and five years old. Oh, Jesus. Asked the 14-year-old to go buy him cigarettes. <laughs> Sorry. Because, like, that's just what you did with yeah. an adult back No, back you then. run to the corner store and buy your mom or dad cigarettes. And she leaves. He takes the five-year-old to an open field, saws her throat open, and does the same thing that he did to his first victim. Chokes her, saws her throat open, comes on her. Then he went back to the alleyway, waited for the 14-year-old. He did the exact same thing. But this time, he almost decapitated her. So with this kill, it was like she made him angry. And that he like cut her, almost cut her head off. Because he did it with so much force. And this was all with his pocket knife. And then he says he, lit, he licked the blood from her neck and laid next to the corpse to take in the atmosphere. Okay, this might be. This is gonna sound fucked up, and I can't believe it's coming out of my mouth. To be honest with you, but the whole he sawed off her head like like she made him angry thing or whatever. I think he was just coming really hard. Okay. I do. I. I it sounds horrible, but I am a proprietor of some. Of some serial killer knowledge. Again, that, that just see that just sounds like he came real hard and damn near sliced her head off. Call me out if I'm wrong. Call me out out there if you think I'm just disgusting. That's that's just my take on it. Most people didn't believe it was one guy except for this one cop that uh, Ernst Gnopf. I can't actually say his name, but this is a guy that like probably Gnopf. Yeah, but just not. He was like a super cop. He created the like the rotation system and stuff like that. Like a lot of things for cops. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't really dive uh, into yeah, it because I didn't give a shit. Yeah. <clears throat> so now he just goes on like an assault spree, right? 
Sophie Rockle. Peter Curtin rips her off her bike and knocks her out with a hammer. Maria Redouche attacked her, but she got away and screamed for help. This is the only time he was chased. Kind of liked it. Came twice. Probably. (laughs) So this is like, yeah, so he began leaving. Jesus Christ. He began leaving his house with his hammer in his pocket. It's like his cell phone. He's like, yep, I'm going to need this today for sure. (laughs) HWK in those times, those hammer wallet keys. (laughs) Ida Reuter. So Ida Reuter too. Oh, 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 he murdered her. Yes. Yeah. He really did. She's dead. So he's at a train station. He convinced <laughs> her to go for a walk in the woods. And as they were walking, he hit her in the temple with his hammer. He dragged her down into a riverbank, raped and murdered her by caving in her skull. Now I feel bad. You probably should. Yeah. That's really like, that's, that's brutal. Elizabeth Dorier. Basically the same thing, except he followed her for a mile before killing her in a bush, so they weren't together. He just, so the first girl, that last last girl, they were like walking together, this girl, he just stalked her. Frau Mira hit her in the head, believing he had killed her, but she survived. Frau Wanders uh, hit her in the head with a hammer, but the handle broke, and the hammer head went flying. She didn't die. But here's the thing about Frau Wanders is she was a sex worker and like he thought like very low of them. And he's like yeah, no one would miss them. No, he's basically happy that he didn't kill her. Because no one would miss yep, him. Yeah. Because he was like, yeah, why would I do that? No one cares about that bitch. So. A woman, last... named Fr- woman named Frau. There's a lot of Marias in this. Strong. Game. Strong name. Strong woman. There's a lot of Marias in this, and most of them survive. So, his last confirmed murder. Can we play Mama Maria at the end of this episode? Absolutely not. (laughs) Last murder. Five-year-old Gertrude Aberman. So, basically, he stalked her for weeks, and then they were at a park, and his parents were arguing. How do you stalk a five-year-old? He stalked the family. I digress. He snatched her while her parents were arguing. He stabbed her 50 times. Almost set her body on fire, but instead carried it half a mile to an abandoned factory where he covered it with whatever he could find on the ground and then just marked it with a cross. Like, just straight up, was just like, anybody comes around here, there's a body. There's a body right there. A couple days later, he sent a letter to a newspaper and the police. Once he knew the police had gotten his letter, he went and found a spot near the where the body was hid so he could hide and watch them find it. Obviously, he came. <laughs> Duh. Duh, he came. I feel like I need to mention it. You should. February 1930. <laughs> you should count how many times he's come this episode. Just this episode alone. <laughs> uncountable another girl named Maria shows up in Dusseldorf but she's been to Dusseldorf before so she kind of knows the area a man walks up to her and says I can help you get to a place obviously once this man starts leading her astray she's like no I can take it from here they start arguing 
And then Peter Curtin walks up. Is this man bothering you? He convinces her to go back to his apartment. And then when they're leaving, he was like, let's just go to a place in the woods. And then he raped her. But he didn't kill her because he had been seen with her by the guy that was arguing with her, whom he actually knew. And at the time, bitches be getting raped. That is not the way you should have said that. <laughs> that no, it wasn't. You're 100% right. That's, but that's just how I I am not responsible for what happened in the early 1900s, Luke. Here was his fatal flaw, though. He believed that she wouldn't be able to lead the people back to his apartment because he thought that she didn't know what like her she way to do so. He, ra- he raped the, the direction out of her. No, he just thought that she didn't know Dusseldorf, so once she got like Oh like okay in got a it. different area, she wouldn't be able to find her way back. <laughs> that was that was two ways I should have not stated things, but yep. I did. I did. Again, probably not. <laughs> Basically what happened is she led the police officers to the apartment. Once they were there, Peter wasn't there, but he walked up while they were there. She froze, didn't say anything. Once he saw her, he just flipped the bitch. He put his hat down trench coat up out dusty out after this he realized that he was fucked basically he's like fuck i rented that a name that apartment in my real name so i know shit's about to go down so he admits to his wife that he raped a girl and his wife's like well you know babe like, babe no. babe babe whoa babe no she was dressed like a slut <laughs> the one of the Common thought process back then, um, I won't even say this, but a theory on the thought process was like men were believed to be too much for their women back then, so they would let him go do whatever he wanted, and then I'm I'm gonna state that I I may be laughing at the matter. It's just ridiculous to me. Anything I laugh at is just ridiculous thought to me that that's how things were happening. Yeah, because it's like that doesn't like that's crazy. That's that anything that happens like this blows my mind because that would never happen. Today. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense yeah. at all. So basically, he didn't tell her everything. The police found her first, his wife Augusta, and then they told him that they suspected him of all this stuff, or no, they told her about the Maria, like rape incident. And then he, like, she confronted him and he admitted to it. But then, that like, she only thought that he had just, like, raped a few girls. And she was like, okay, well, let's get lunch tomorrow. So the next day they're at lunch. She doesn't eat anything. He eats both their meals. And, uh... He had an appetite? Yep. Because during this thing, he confessed to her that he was the vampire of Dusseldorf. I'm and raped she, out, honey. I need, can I have your can I have your steak? So when she asked him why he did it, I don't know myself. It just came over me. Came. Emphasis on came. A lot of coming. <laughs> then obviously she freaked out, to which he responded, Ugh, I've done something silly. I've ought not to have told you. <laughs> It's like, ah, oh, shit, I shouldn't have said anything. Shit, bitch, I swear to God. 
the next day she goes to the police and tells them about everything and the day after that they set up a sting where like i was talking about earlier he was prepped and ready bathed shaved wore a suit showed up with a with wink that, and a smile with that beautiful hitler mustache of his a wink and a smile there's no reason to be afraid <laughs> during his whole trial He's aroused. Do not be afraid. I'm just coming my pants. No, this dude I'm just was... constantly coming. It's just that's not piss. I'm just coming. It's just semen. No worries. It's all cool. Come, 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 come. <laughs> Why did I go to Mexican there? I don't even think that was Mexican. <laughs> I think that was. It was like that was like L.A. I am coming. You do not know what is happening to you. Okay. <clears throat> <laughs> During his whole trial, he was aroused because they were just reading back to him what he did with props. Like, they had props. They had all of his murder weapons and everything, his scissors and stuff like that. Guys just got in his waistband And, the like, whole the time. reason – I said I was going to explain this. The reason why he liked short, sharp objects is so he could make that puncture and watch the blood squirt. Oh, I thought there was more to that. Well, and then he would drink it, but – oh. Well, obviously, he's the van. I, I kind of thought he stuck his dick in it, to be honest with you. Yikes. So, obviously, found guilty of all 70-ish charges. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Sentenced if to- you're, okay, anyone out there listening, if you're brought up against 70 charges, you're guilty. <laughs> I mean, you're... Uh, there's really no need for a child. You're at least guilty of one of them. At least <laughs> one... If not sixty nine of them, oh, all right. <laughs> Peter Curtin was sentenced to death by guillotine, the head chopper. Damn it! On his way to the guillotine, he seemed pretty happy. Last, last words, last meal. No, Clips. they asked. Okay, so last meal, he asked for Venus schnitzel and had two servings of it because he was so hungry. His last words, they said, do you have any last words? He said, no, and then smiled. But on the day of his execution, before he goes to the guillotine, he asked the doctor who's recording all of this, tell me, after my head has been chopped off, will I still be able to hear, <sighs> at least for a moment, the sound of my own gushing blood Can the I? stump of my neck? That would be the pleasure to end all pleasures. Can I come one last time? Can I come my pants one last time? Well, theoretically, no. That's not what he was asking. He just wanted to. Hear. Oh, I understand. But he wouldn't I be able to come because yeah. his head's chopped. Yeah, up. I understand what he's saying, but in his head, he's like, "Can I come my pants one more time, sir?" While I die. Yeah, like my yeah. I get exactly what he's The saying. worst part about this That's is... horrible. Like, I thought John Wayne Gacy had some of the worst last words. Because John Wayne Gacy was kiss my, yeah, ass. kiss my ass. It was just no remorse. Like, yeah, I fucked, raped, murdered all of those little boys. I don't care. This dude's like, I'm can I devil. hear my own blood just, just running like a river? Can I... I just, you know the worst part about all of it? He probably did. Yeah, that's how it works. Because for at least was, at least a point five seconds, he did. There's a story from I don't remember when, but basically what happens is somebody gets their head chopped off, 
the person picks up that person's head and slaps it and that person's face gets visibly angry and then just goes back to nothing it's that had to be you have oxygen in your brain still that had to be very quick you got maybe maybe three seconds of that i mean i'd argue three seconds is a long time probably have a little bit more three seconds is more than you think it's not well i mean quick how long does it take for oxygen to leave your brain because that's how long you have i don't know the exact but it's all right well yeah shit and you just fucked up the recording (laughs) i didn't do anything it's fine but fuck dude oh my god uh so again last week i thought my guy was fucked up your guy's got the numbers but my guy's got the horror so there's no one that thought he could maybe be Jack the Ripper because this guy seems. I don't think so. Like from my understanding, actually no, because Jack the Ripper was like clinical with his killings. I don't think they're London and Dusseldorf also aren't the same place. Obviously, yes, Luke. Thank you for that geography lesson. But why? Did, <laughs> why did they think a serial killer from? They Germany? thought H. H. Holmes was. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. H.H. Holmes, like, great-grandchild wrote a book that was like, my grandfather was Jack the Ripper. No, he wasn't. Bullshit. He was just a different serial killer. So it was one, either way, but like, the gruesomeness is what it goes like, Jack the Ripper was disgusting. His last kill. Is that our next episode? Do we just do Jack the Ripper next episode? We have two more. We'll figure it out. I mean, we'll let you know. is going to be our... We'll let you know. Spoiler alert. Last, last thoughts on... This man said he is the devil. He gets pleasure from not murdering people, just the fear and chaos that he can create. And his last word, or his last, like, notable words... We're questioning if he could hear his own blood gushing from the stump of his neck after he got his head chopped off. I truly believe this might have been Satan incarnate. With like, there's some demon in this. This was not like, obviously it's not a normal person, but like, there is something way worse with this person than like, I've never heard of a serial killer that's just like, I am the devil. You are just one. That, that might have been the most terrifying part of that, but Peter Curtin, not allowed in Wilson's. Well, I mean, he's dead, so. Wish you a beer.